Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Spirited Advocate uh, Podcast on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Uh, We're pleased to be joined today with Bob Dorfman, Director of the Montgomery County Alcohol Beverage Services. And uh, really excited to have you, Bob. Thank you for being here. Uh, First and foremost, uh, thank you in ABS's leadership uh, during the COVID crisis. Uh, Obviously, uh, everybody in the country is experiencing hardships, quarantining, navigating through the emotions of all of this. When the crisis really hit home for us around March 11th and 12th, and I think that's when we all realized we needed to work virtually and uh, work from home and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit about what you had to go through, through protecting the employees, uh, making sure to keep business operations going? I mean, that must have been a very, very anxious time for you. Yeah, and Chris, thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it was more than an anxious time for, for everybody. Um, I think we were all sort of a little bit behind the eight ball. Uh, I don't think it was just us. I think it was the, the world pretty much was behind the eight ball. So we had to kind of do things very quickly. But our main objective was to ensure that uh, we took uh, good care of our uh, customers and we took really good care of our employees and made sure that they were safe through all this. Uh, and we tried to keep business as normal as we possibly could. So clearly, our first objective was to keep our 25 retail stores open because uh, we realized that not only is it uh, access to the public, but it's also access to a lot of our licensees to come in and buy individual bottles at a time. We also had to ensure that our warehouse uh, was was open and operating and that we had appropriate amount of drivers and helpers and warehouse people um, to load, pick and load the trucks and get them delivered uh, to each one of our customers. So today, I think we're very proud to say that we have 23 of our 25 retail stores open. One is closed because of the governor's mandate to close inside malls uh, affected one store in Cabin John. And the second store, we actually had a uh, employee test positive for the virus uh, about a week and a half ago. And at that time, not only was he home, but we sent everybody else home. We brought in a hazmat unit the very next morning. The, ins- the entire store has been cleaned and sanitized. Uh, all of the employees who've been sent home, thank God, are okay. And so we're expecting to reopen that store on Wednesday. So we'll have 24 of our 25 retail stores operating. Uh, we have uh, slightly reduced hours. Um, we're now 12 to 7, Monday through Saturday, and we're not open on Sundays. Uh, but again, we're open and we've been doing uh, a very good business during that period of time. And our warehouse and our deliveries have uh, maintained everybody who is open in Montgomery County. We are delivering to everybody on a regular schedule. And I think our, our licensees are you know, very happy with the service they're getting. That's fantastic. Uh, do you limit uh, who goes into the store? How have you maintained the social distancing? and so forth. And, and at one point, did you consider closing the stores whatsoever? Uh, just a phenomenal job. And on behalf of Discus and our member companies, thank you for doing that. And most importantly, we hope the employee uh, that's been, a, been affected by coronavirus, hopefully they're doing okay and uh, will recover quickly. 
Yeah, well, Chris, I think, you know, uh, it's it's a known fact that, you know, we are the authorized uh, wholesaler distributor in Montgomery County. So our job is to be able to stay open for as long as our, our uh, customers and our licensees are open, uh, and which we are. And we'll continue to service them for as long as they continue to remain open. Uh, in terms of what we've done for employees and for customers, in each of our stores, right from day one, we lined the stores, the floors in the stores to ensure social distancing was, was enforced. We installed plexiglass shields in every one of our stores to shield our customers from our employees at checkout. We're also having door monitors to ensure that only certain numbers of people can enter our stores at the same time right. to make sure as well that the social distancing is being maintained. So we've I think done everything conceivable uh, to ensure the safety of both our employees and the customers who come into our stores. Good on you. Uh, just, I can't imagine all the logistical considerations you had, and obviously, first and foremost, protecting uh, both the employees, uh, maintaining systems and operations, uh, maintaining the warehouse efforts and so forth, and ensuring the public uh, is safe too when they enter the stores as well. So. Uh, really, uh, big kudos for everybody. Well, I, I think, yeah, Chris, the other thing I just wanted to mention, um, you know, in terms of our employees, other than the, the, we, we've had two people who we know of that's tested positive. One is the store employee. The other was a driver's helper. And we've taken all the necessary precautions, uh, by ensuring that the people who were, uh, impacted by those two employees were sent home and quarantined, uh, but also the county, I think, has really stepped up. And we have a premium pay program in the county for all public-facing employees and back office employees who have to go to work or go to the office to take care of business. So everyone in the entire county continues to get paid. And there's a premium pay program that was uh, put together between uh, management and in those cases where we have union employees in the union to ensure that uh, people who are public-facing and back office people are properly compensated given the um, uh, the risk of the virus. Absolutely. Uh, for for all of our viewers, uh, I wanted to just call out uh, NABCA in the control states. Over the last 10 to 11 years, uh, the growth of the distilled spirits industry in control states has been greater than in open states. And really a big testament to folks like Bob Dorfman and everybody in the control states, uh, uh, just for their ingenuity and uh, perseverance to manage while keeping operations going as well. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Discus really recognizes and appreciates uh, all these efforts in a big way. Uh, if we could step back a little bit. Uh, so when you first joined, uh, you inherited some challenges with the warehouse, if I remember. Big, big challenges. And we understand, you know, the warehouse that you're laid now is state-of-the-art. Could you just tell us a little bit about that in your thinking? You know, you've got a great private sector uh, list of experiences, working with Marriott and working with uh uh, world of beers and five guys and so forth. So you've got a great private sector experience. So when you entered and had to navigate just the natural bureaucracies within government and particularly a challenging system with the warehouse, could you just tell us about that and just tell us 
how the warehouse is operating today and some of the challenges associated with that. Sure. Well, I apparently wasn't, uh, speaking of alcohol, I apparently wasn't sober when I was offered this opportunity. <laughs> um, back, yeah, back three years ago. Um, I guess we had a couple challenges. Uh, number one, which one that you sort of mentioned, and that's um, uh, and, and, and your leadership and our relationship, it, it means a whole lot to us, but that wasn't the case going back several years ago. And, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't quite sure why that was, and maybe you weren't as well. And I think we've come to realize with your leadership that, uh, we have the same common goals. I mean, our goals are identical. There's nothing different about what you're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but when I came into the job a little over three years ago, um, admittedly, I think by the County, this County did not recognize this department as a business as it should have. As a matter of fact, uh, as long as this department continued to provide the county with X millions of dollars each and every year, um, there really wasn't much interaction between the department and the county uh, leadership. So what we inherited back four or five years ago was a warehouse that was completely manual. We had uh, a fleet of trucks um, I believe the newest truck out of the 40 some trucks was in the area of 15 and 20 years old. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you had uh, driver safety issues, you had uh, water leakage issues, you had all kinds of issues that were never, never dealt with and taken care of. And like I mentioned, the warehouse was a manual warehouse without any form of technology. However, since then, uh, we've replaced about uh, 25 of our 40 trucks and are replacing more this year as well. So now we have a almost brand new fleet uh, taking care of our customers. We've implemented, for example, voice picking, which is a computerized uh, selection process that uh, procedure that our, our warehousemen use to select or pick orders uh, through a computer and a headset. Uh, we also scan now for receiving and putaways. Uh, we're working on proof of delivery, which will allow our drivers to have handhelds that upon delivery to our customers will issue credits immediately and provide immediate printed invoices and accurate delivery receipts. So, we, yeah, I think we've come a long, long ways in terms of, you know, providing the right kind of technology in our, in our, uh, in our warehouse. But on the, we also had a similar issue on our retail stores. Um, we had we had 25 stores pretty much operating independently of one another without really the kind of leadership that was required. And we brought in somebody, Kent Massey, who Kent Massey. Um, great guy. Yeah, and Kent, yeah, and Kent, you know, Kent comes with a world, you know, world of experience. I mean, he was an operating executive with uh, uh, Home Depot, with uh, Target, Best Buy, TJX. And he's come in and he's pulled together uh, a method of standardization and uh, staff motivation and how our stores ought to look and how they ought to be merchandised. Uh, he will tell you, if you ask him about this job, he will tell you that this is his ideal job. Not only does he like the retail business, but he happens to love the product. And so that's a big help to us in his that's understanding. Nice. You need that passion. You need Absolutely. that passion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think from all ends, we've, uh, we've made some pretty dramatic improvements. The other thing I wanted to mention too, Chris, in terms of uh, taking care of customers, we were at the very forefront in the state of Maryland um, on ensuring pickup and delivery of wine and beer and spirits to its customers for restaurants. Um, as a matter of fact, when the initial conversations took place, as I recall, 
the state of Maryland basically told us, we've got your back if that's what you want to do. And so we were the first out there with uh, carry out and delivery of wine and beer in the in the state of Maryland. And then obviously added on to that were spirits uh, very soon thereafter. Um, I so, mean, really think about it. Uh, trendsetter, right? Uh, there's so many uh, creative ways to get uh, get distilled spirits out to the to the public uh, during the COVID-19 crisis. You really set the mark there because we're seeing that all over, all over the country. Do you think uh, the consumer landscape, the marketplace is going to change dramatically in the coming months as a result of just what uh, the general public has had to work through over the last uh, 30, 30 plus days? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not quite sure about the buying habits of consumers. Um, there probably have been some alterations there, too, because of what uh, products they've either chosen to get on carryout or delivery or even in our retail stores. But I think the, the biggest impact is going to be on those businesses that hopefully will come out of this uh, in some fashion, form or another with the ability to remain in business. And that's a big concern you know, of us. Um, and so we're, again, trying to do everything we can to be able to sustain some of these businesses. But what I think will change in terms of the landscape will be those businesses that are able to succeed through, you know, this dire set of circumstances and come out of this um, being able to maintain their business. Just um, keeping their head above water, right? Yeah, and I can relate to that, Chris. And I think, you know, you probably can as well. I mean, having been a, a restaurant operator and owner myself. I recognize what, what these people are going through. And, you know, it's not, you just can't look at some of the big restaurants. you got to look at some restaurants, even small mom and pop beer and wine stores. Sometimes it's their daily sales that put food on their table that night. It's not like they have a whole bunch of money sitting in the bank that they can draw upon to continue to exist for themselves and their families. And so it's just, it's heartbreaking to see what's going on. And I think that's why we're, we're trying to do everything we conceivably can to support them in this very difficult time. And I understand uh, Governor Larry Hogan has done a great job uh, leading the way in Maryland. And, you know, that includes uh, your leadership as well. Quick question. Uh, alcohol beverage services. One of the, the bold moves that you uh, embarked on is really uh, changing the name from liquor control to alcohol beverage services. Mm -hmm. And I think that has something to do with your uh, customer focus and consumer focused. Could you just tell us a little bit about that? And did you have anybody kind of roadblocking that? And congratulations as well. Yeah, I think part of it was that I just hated to see the uh, the name Department of Liquor Control in my business card. It really disturbed me. <laughs> right. um, I, I didn't almost even want to be associated with that name. I think, you know, when you think about it, People talk about, well, you know, the government, that's why you know, the government should be involved in the sale and distribution of alcohol because of X, Y, and Z. And then you think about the name Department of Liquor Control, a couple things. Liquor doesn't define what we do. Control is a uh, very poor, has a very poor connotation in terms of a service business. So we needed to remove the word liquor and broaden it. And then we also had to remove the, the word control. Not that we aren't good at regulation and compliance. That's part of our job to keep people responsible. Very I think we do a really good job. Very important. But at the same time, we are a business that's there to service the needs of our, of our customers, being the public and our licensees, our businesses. And so alcohol beverage services, I thought, better reflected 
what we are and where we were. Uh, we didn't change the name right from the very beginning as much as I hated it because we weren't there. We weren't what the name would have reflected. We had to do certain things to put certain things in place from a pure service standpoint and a cultural standpoint to deserve the name change. Good for um, you. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing is that, you, you know, talk about pushback on the name. Um, there really wasn't any county pushback whatsoever, and there was some political pushback because people were trying to trade one thing for another. And so people said, well, if you don't do this, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be one of your supporters and changing your name. Uh, we got past that. Uh, people recognized that the name change better represented what we were and what we were going to work towards being better at. Um, so it kind of flew by, and the governor signed it without an issue. Terrific. And you've got big growth plans. Once we get beyond COVID-19 crisis and so forth, hopefully in the next month or so, uh, maybe that's being aspirational, but you've got major, major growth plans for uh, the ABS. Could you just tell us about that and your aspirations? I know you have 25 stores and you're looking to expand that. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. And I think in part, you guys had something to, you know, to do with it over the last couple of years and, and sort of challenging us with the, um, with the prospect of whether or not we were providing the kind of convenience and access to all of the, all of the residents of Montgomery County. And the fact of the matter is that, that we, we, we do recognize there are areas that uh, we could do a better job in providing stores, retail outlets, um, and different types of retail outlets to better service the public. So, for example, things that we're working on right now. One is we would like to open up a superstore somewhere. Um, we think that uh, there's room to a superstore, a superstore, yeah. you know, to yeah. a, a fifteen thousand or thereabouts square foot store that services the the customer in a very different, very customer friendly, exciting, educational, recreational way. And then we're also opening up, as you know, our first distilled spirits only store. Uh, in Poolsville, Poolsville. right? That's right. Yeah. And let me tell you where that stands. It is ready to open. It's all stocked. Everything's in place. The, 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 the challenge we have right now is that the staffing that was gonna, we were going to use to open that particular store, we've had to use in keeping our other stores open. Our retail staffing is down about 30%. Yet. We've been able to keep all of our stores open. And so in order to keep the staffing levels at where we needed to keep them, uh, the Poolsville store staff, the people who were going to staff that store with are now working in other stores. We were prepared, though, to open up the Poolsville store. We also believe that that's just one prototype amongst what will be several other distilled spirits only stores. The reason that it's a benefit to the uh, public, as you know, is that by putting distilled spirits only stores in areas of the county that do not have as much convenient access to spirits, it not only brings the spirits business to that location, but all of the mom and pop beer and wine stores that were losing their beer and wine business to our county stores, because sure. we have the spirits, all of that business now will be kept in those geographic areas with those mom and pop beer and wine stores. So for example, in Poolsville, there are two uh, beer and wine licensees who are ecstatic. They cannot wait till we get our it's store. It's going to bring more traffic, right? It's going to bring more traffic across the it'll, board. It'll right. bring more traffic across the board, but more importantly, it'll keep the beer and wine business with them 
that they may have been losing to our county stores because people came to the county stores to buy their spirits. And while they were there, they were beer, buying beer and wine. Now the mom and pop beer and wine stores will, will be able to generate more beer and wine sales from the uh, population that exists in and around their locations. Sure. Terrific. Uh, and you have big growth aspirations as well, right? Uh, looking to double the revenues uh, for the county in the next few years as well. And part of that is the store expansion plans, right? Yeah. Well, in addition to the spirits only stores, we've got about, I think Kent mentioned about 18 different potential locations of which we would open either new stores as they exist today or super stores or distilled spirits only stores. So the answer is yes. We've got a pretty big and aggressive expansion plan in terms of numbers of stores. We also have a, a county executive who has asked us to increase the income that we provide to the county by about 50%. Now he's not doing that in an arbitrary way. He's a great supporter of ours. He recognizes the value of our business. And he also recognizes that we have been shorting ourselves on the infrastructure that we needed in order to be able to do more business. For example, sure. the numbers of stores, a warehouse that was better operating. Um, a, a, uh, we're going to brand our stores. We're going to uh, change the name on our stores so that they're not as much what appear to be a government uh, run business, that they're more, uh, they look more like a street retail store. Uh, so we're putting a lot of things in place that are going to help. It's going to help us generate substantially more sales, which will then ultimately generate more income for the county. And that involves a, a pretty aggressive expansion of our retail stores. Well, on behalf of all the member companies of Discus and in the industry, thank you for that and your leadership. And you have quite a great selection of hard to find brands uh, in the catalog for the ABS, a, ABS stores. C could you just talk a little bit about that? So if you want to go find a great uh, bottle of scotch or mm -hmm. bourbon that's mm -hmm. hard to find, you can find it at the alcohol beverage services stores in Montgomery County. I'm, I'm just really happy you brought that up, Chris, because if right. there was anybody in the industry, they could go to Sazerac and others and ask to have our allocations doubled and tripled, it would be you. So thanks so much for for bringing that up. Terrific, terrific. Uh, trade associations like ours, uh, Discus and so forth, mm -hmm. how can organizations like the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States uh, support uh, you and our control state partners? What's, from your perspective, what's the best way the Distilled Spirits Council can support your efforts uh, going forward? You know, I, I, I think it's in part uh, recognizing that each jurisdiction, whether it's a city, a county, a state, has its own particulars in terms of how it wishes to take care of its public. And it's uh, acknowledging that there may be differences in structures, not only open states and uh, controlled states, but each of us are somewhat different. And even in the controlled states, as you know, Chris, uh, there's, what, 17 or 18 jurisdictions yep. that are like that, but we're all very different uh, in terms of whether we carry beer or we don't, whether we have stores of our own or we don't, whether we operate our own warehouses or we don't. So I think it's, it's uh, uh, learning about the nuances that exist in each of our locations and acknowledging that it was up to us to decide how best to service the public 
and try to have your suppliers work with us in a manner that best suits that. Um, that everybody's not going to look the same. We're all not going to operate the same, but we have the same exact objectives. And, and you and I have talked about that probably ad nauseum, and you've been so supportive of it, that what you want from your membership is the ability to generate as many, distrib- say, uh, many passive distribution for their products Absolutely. as possible. And that's exactly, exactly what we want to do. And you do the same thing in a responsible way. And we have the exact same objectives. In order for us to meet our income objectives, we have to find ways of better providing the public access with the right products at the right time, at the right price for everything we sell. It's no different than what your suppliers are trying to figure out as well. And so we have a mutual objective. And I think by working together, acknowledging our differences, but but accepting the fact that we may be structured differently, but our objectives being the same, I think we're going to have a, a just a. I think between your your association and our business and the rest of the control states, I think you've got a great future. Terrific. And look, we always have to remember that uh, the, our control state partners have a lot of constituencies to please, even beyond uh, the suppliers, of course, and the customers. Uh, you've got political uh, contingencies to navigate through and so forth. And we've always got to remember that. Uh, Bob, you talked about responsibility. Uh, as you may be aware, uh, I have the privilege of leading responsibility.org, which is a great organization uh, that is focused on preventing underage drinking, drunk driving, impaired driving, and focus on promoting responsible consumption. Uh, and I know, thanks to your support and leadership, Kathy Durbin, one of your colleagues, uh, responsibility.org has done some work with uh, uh, ABS. Uh, could you just talk about uh, uh, your, your, your focus on responsibility as well? And just please know uh, it's part of the DNA of uh, the member companies of the Distilled Spirits Council, and I'm proud to say broadly the entire industry. Could you, just, could you expand a little bit about responsibility and why it's so important for you in the ABS? Sure, sure. Uh, well, I can speak as a, um, a father, uh, although my son is older, and for those who have younger children, uh, or uh, for drivers, or for people who hold parties in their houses, um, you know, th- this is this is a product that has to be properly purchased and used with a great deal of responsibility and enjoyment. And uh, we take that really seriously. Now, we're kind of maybe in a unique position, but in a difficult position, because as a government agency, which oftentimes I hate to refer to us as, because I, I would kind of refer to us as a, as a business, and I think that's how the county views us now as a business. But we, because because of the, the taxes our residents pay, uh, because of the amount of money we put back into the county to defer the cost of expenses, I think there is a higher expectation amongst the residents and the businesses of Montgomery County that we're there to protect them. Uh, unlike other jurisdictions that may be more privatized, um, where the money goes primarily into the pockets of the individuals who own the distributors and the stores. Um, in the case of Montgomery County, I think our residents fully expect that they're going to be provided a, a higher sense of, of safety, health, and welfare than, than maybe in other jurisdictions. So we do take it really seriously. We think it, it, it's what differentiates us 
from many parts of the state and many parts of the country. Um, we have a I Take It Personally campaign that we've run for the last several years that's focused on our collaboration with not only the Montgomery County Police, but MAD, AAA, a bunch of other organizations that I, feel, I think feel the same way as we do, that alcohol is there to be enjoyed responsibly. And, uh, and, and we do take it extremely seriously. We have a, a whole division of our department that's focused almost entirely on that in terms of regulation, compliance, and education. We do a great deal of education with uh, uh, people who are looking to get alcohol licenses or those who already have it. Uh, but we continue to educate people about what their responsibilities are so that they can enjoy the product as much as we would hope that they would. Absolutely. And thank you for your leadership. This past year, uh, both the Distilled Spirits Council and Responsibility.org uh, was working on Annapolis to try to uh, close a little loophole in a, uh, a law called Noah's Law, uh, which would ensure ignition interlocks uh, with those who've been uh, pulled over for uh, drunk driving and so forth. And that's a way, ignition interlocks is a way to protect those that might be abused in the product, but also protect the general public as well. And we work very, very closely with Rich Leota, who lives in Montgomery County, and he's just a real leader. So thank you for your leadership uh, in terms of the responsibility efforts. And uh, look, great responsibility uh, can enable an industry to thrive and prosper, and you can do that in a responsible way. And uh, as we look to close, uh, Bob Dorfman, uh, just on behalf of all of our Distilled Spirits Council uh, member companies, thank you for your leadership. uh, We are living in extraordinary, extraordinary times. I know uh, and am invested that, you know, our country is going to come out stronger with this. You know, uh, uh, great prayers for your two uh, working colleagues that have fallen sick as a result of that. And uh, just know Discus stands ready to support your efforts and are very, very appreciative uh, of of your leadership during this crisis. Uh, We really applaud you for keeping the stores open and running. Uh, Many, many of the control states have have gone above and beyond the call of duty in in just keeping operations running. And, uh, you know, Discus uh, has a role uh, to uh, be supportive and, the Montgomery County Alcohol Beverage Services is an important customer and a large, large customer as well. And uh, we just thank you for your leadership, if I may, uh, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council uh, and all of our member companies, I raise a toast to you. Be safe. I look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. Thank thank you, Bob, very much. And and thank you. And and Chris, just one last parting word is that you are such a welcomed addition to Discus, uh, not just because of how supportive you are, but because of responsibility.org and all of the other aspects that you brought to light uh, with the organization. And um, we are very appreciative and uh, very, very proud to work with you and your organization uh, for the betterment of the industry. Um, and if there's anything we can do to be of further help and assistance with you as we move along, we're here for you, Chris. And cheers. Stay oh, safe. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. The Spirited Advocate Podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show, 
or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.